I've had a few experiences with medical gatekeeping throughout my transition. Not many, but a few. And each time that it happens, it's just like so gross. It's frustrating, it's violating, and it's like, what is even happening right now? Like, are you seriously getting off on the fact that you have power over me? But to be fair, on the other hand, I have this other part of myself who recognizes that gatekeeping when correctly implemented is actually incredibly helpful. And dare I say, even necessary. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I can recognize that I've had moments in my life when I'm feeling like really compulsive and unbalanced and I'm not thinking clearly and I'm looking at a transition like, ah, it's the key to solving all my problems. You know, I'm just gonna take this pill and everything is gonna be okay. <laughs> and so in those moments, when I'm not clear or balanced and when I have these unrealistic expectations, and when I'm running away from my life, like yeah, I think that a little gatekeeping might be a good thing. Not in the sense that this other person needs to be like, ah, I'm standing in your way. No, it's more like, hey, together, let's talk about this. You know, let's explore, let's dig deeper, let's be curious, and let's be patient. And so if that's what gatekeeping is, if it's this, compassionate, holistic, cooperative, and balanced approach to gender-affirming care, then sure, that sounds totally reasonable. But obviously, I'm not able to speak for everyone, so maybe you could just let me know in the comments about how you feel about the situation. Because I think that a big part of this collective conversation that we're having it's revolving around the role of gatekeeping. And like, does it have a role, if any, within the gender affirming care model? And if it is a part of the model, how do we intelligently interpret it, compassionately implement it? And how do we ensure that the people with the right intentions and are in the right place? And how do we make sure that those are the ones who are actually standing at the gate? And here's the thing, when it comes to creating and implementing system-wide change, which is really what we're talking about here, well, then we're gonna need to have a more expansive perspective about the situation. And it's gonna have to be more inclusive or more wide thinking than just what I want or just what you want or even what just our community wants. And so, yes, obviously we are the ones who are most vulnerable and we're the most impacted by the situation, but still it's important to recognize that in some way or another, nearly everybody is involved in this conversation. And I know we may not like that, but that's just how it is. And if we truly want change and that's our objective, then we need to start acknowledging that gender affirming care is also somehow or another tangentially connected to politics, to medicine, to education, to religion and ideology. And the only way for us to achieve and maintain any type of sensible policy, well, we're gonna need a political cultural shift in power. And again, I get that it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation and it's insane that 
our right to exist is even up for a debate. But in my opinion, I feel like we're spending way too much energy yelling and screaming at a bunch of people who can't even hear us. And I feel like we are so upset and outraged by the injustice of everything that we've lost sight of this bigger picture. And okay, so here's my hot take. How about instead of targeting and vilifying our hate group and wasting our energy on this lost cause, what if we were to start appealing to this metaphorical swing group? What if we began rehumanizing the other side of the conversation? And then if I were to take this one step further, what if we actually started listening to what these people have to say? And I know that sounds just totally outrageous, but what if underneath all of the drama and all of the personal baggage, what if they actually have a valid point which is worthy of our consideration? Does that make sense? Like, I know this is super sensitive for a lot of us, myself included, of course, but I truly do feel like their concern is justified. Not that I totally agree with or condone their behavior, but I can recognize that what they have to say is valid. Like, of course, I want a balanced approach to gender-affirming care. Of course, I want to ensure that we are protecting and supporting all the categories of people who are being impacted by the situation. So these concerns are all totally reasonable, especially if I were to, like, put myself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't have the life experience of being transgender. So like all of that makes sense. And so the way that I see it, and if you don't see it the same way, like that's totally fine. But from where I'm sitting, I don't think that we really should be demonizing somebody else just because they are coming at the thing or at the situation from a different angle than we are. But instead, I think that we should be making a little bit more room for them at the table and helping them to feel welcome in the conversation. And I think that we should be joining them in some sort of a heart-centered dialogue, a back and a forth. And I think that we should be using kindness to appeal to their better nature. And yes, we're still gonna have detractors, of course, but in time, the people who are really meant to stand beside us, well, they will. and. The cool thing is, is it won't be because we're forcing them to. No, it's gonna be because they actually want to. It will be because they've come to this conclusion within themselves that who they are at their core is somebody who genuinely supports medically necessary healthcare for trans people. And they will feel called to join us in creating a new world where all people are free to live and love and express in a way that is true for them. So yeah. Those are my thoughts on the situation. In general, I just think that we need to shift the overarching feeling tone and emphasis of our movement towards greater balance, compassion, and understanding. Because when it comes to my friends and my supporters, I really don't want people to be here by force. Like that's just, it doesn't feel good, you know, and it's not fun for anyone. It's also not a long-term solution not when it comes to personal relationships and not when it comes to major policy, which means that the only way for us to initiate the kind of change that lasts 
multiple generations is if we as a community make fundamental changes to our marketing strategy, you know, this so-called marketing strategy. And instead of using hate and outrage in order to guilt trip and demonize the enemy, maybe we could try making our movement so enticing and irresistible and good feeling that people can't help but support us. Maybe we could collectively emit a vibration of creativity, excitement, and joy. And we could shine so brightly that people see with their own two eyes why this world is a better place with us in it. All right, my friend. See you in the next one.